This is Samuel from Animal. This is Adrian Cowan from Seven Spires. This is Mike from Devil Driver. Hi, this is Mark from Dragon Force. This is Nora from Battle Beast, and you're listening to the Great Metal Debate Podcast. Welcome back, Metalheads, to a new episode of the Great Metal Debate Podcast. It's Xander, and I am here with Craig and Igor from Fires in the Distance. Now, here is a generic opening interview question. Uh, how are you guys doing, and how's the tour been so far? It's been really good. And uh, started off in Chicago, went to Indianapolis, Cincinnati, Akron so far. Tonight we're here in Nashville. It's been, it's been awesome. Don Boros is amazing. You know, it's really a pleasure to tour with them. So. Yeah, it's been really cool playing tunes in some new cities and uh, meeting some of our fans. And uh, this is a new venture for us playing this many shows in a row. But so far, we've been loving it. I'm sure that you guys probably listen to a lot of new metal music. What do you guys think is the best album of the year so far that you guys have personally heard? <laughs> oh, man, that's a tough one. Uh, let's think about that for a second. I'm going to give you a few that I really enjoyed. Was, was Psychroptic this year? Uh, Psychroptic was that last, last year? year. That was Damn last it. year. I have really enjoyed the new Dying Fetus, oh, yeah. um, the new Kalma, and the new Sermon, another prosthetic re- records band. Oh, yeah. I actually did an album review for the new Dying Fetus. Uh, have you thought of anything? Yeah, I would definitely go with Kalma for sure. I think they... Uh, with their new album went back to a, uh, more of their traditional sound. It reminds me a lot of like, well, not traditional completely, but one of my favorites is 12 Gauge, and it's definitely got, they brought the riffs back on this one, so it's been pretty dope. Right. I think that we are close enough to the end of the year to call it because I don't think that anything else that comes out over the next two and a half months is going to top it. So uh, I just have to tell you guys that Air Not Meant For Us is my personal number one favorite of the year, Thank 2023. You, Thank you so much, man. Thank you. Yeah, and so um, I only just discovered you guys about like maybe a week or two after the album dropped, and I was thinking about doing the album review for it, but then I heard that you guys were going to be playing at the Tennessee Metal Devastation Festival uh, this Saturday, yeah. and then I thought, you know what, fuck it, I'll just interview them instead, uh, and I, I thought that'd probably just work out better. Yeah. But then <laughs> a funny thing happened. I had to end, unfortunately eat that ticket. Uh, and I'm glad that you guys have to be playing a, like almost a week before that show because the band uh, Wolves in the Throne Room is going to be playing a show down in Atlanta that same night. Oh, damn. Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, was, uh, I think what I love most about you guys' music is how much it reminds me of the band Bellicor. Uh, and, of course, I have a patch back here somewhere. I think it's right there. Nice. <laughs> what can you guys tell me about the overall concept of the band as far as the meaning of the lyrical themes and where you guys got the name Fires in the Distance from? Uh, the name actually derives from um, just uh, the concept that I had a long time ago. Is You know, the, all the themes are uh, primarily about coping and living with uh, depression and um, fires in the distance is something that I've always kind of envisioned in my head as you know light somewhere far away but not quite in reach 
um, you know, in my personal life and just like as a musical concept in general too. So that's that's where the name comes from. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think one a review that we read on Toilet of Hell kind of hit the nail on the head. It's like fires in the distance is cold music. You're not in the fire. You're just a, it's in within reach, but not quite warm from it. According to the Metal Archives, you guys formed the band in 2016 in Connecticut. How did it all come to be? It was uh, it was initially uh, like a, a little home studio project of mine. It was supposed to be like a one-man solo record. Not even a record. I was just writing songs for our Craig and I's death metal band, uh, Archaic Decapitator, and then I wrote a song that didn't quite fit the, the, the atmosphere of what we were doing with that band, so... Um, it kind of gave me an opportunity to branch out and explore some new, slower territory, uh, more atmospheric territory, and then it just kind of unraveled from there. Yeah, atmosphere is the word that comes to mind. I mean, I'd say we're like kind of like a mid-tempo, atmospheric, mellow death band, and the, the songs didn't fit what we were working on, but they were captivating. And, you know, we were, I guess you can call us the earliest fans of the music. You go over showing Christian and I some of the music, and we were really just enamored by it. And we wanted to make a record and, and see what happened. And, you know, we, we took a chance, did a studio album, and Prosthetic picked us up. And then it was like, oh, shit, I guess we're not a, you know, little studio project anymore. we got to take the show on the road. Nice. I recently listened to the debut Echoes from Deep November, and it, it was a phenomenal record, obviously, but I think that you guys really, really stepped it up a notch with the air not meant for us. Uh, what, guy, what made you guys want to go more with a calmer sound instead of taking it in a more aggressive direction? Um, the Echoes was more of an experiment than anything else, and then uh, air is just more of a refined album. Uh, Whereas Echoes wasn't it was supposed to be followed up initially by anything at all. It was just something for us to do, you know, like that. We felt deserved a studio recording and we did it and we didn't really have any plans after that. But uh, like Craig was saying, once we got picked up by Prosthetic, we decided to take it more seriously. And uh, I started putting a lot more, I don't know, ideas on the table when writing and just thinking it through more thoroughly and I guess that's how air kind of developed yeah I think that building off of echoes it kind of we had a sense of identity going into this record we had a sense of purpose that we didn't have with uh, the experiment that was echoes from deep November and I don't know if I would necessarily call it a calmer record but we just I think the dynamics the orchestrations and some of the counterpoints were just natural items from echoes that we could build off of. And uh, you hear that in the music, you hear that with the points that Randy Slaw brought to the table, and I think that's that's the key to me. You guys were both in Archaic, Decapitator, and Engraved. What were those days like for you guys, and uh, do you guys miss it at all? Well, Engraved was something that uh, we were, it, it was a band that was headed by a friend of ours uh, that doesn't play music anymore, but. I was a, kind of a start to uh, Craig and I's kind of musical endeavors in general. We were maybe 17, 18 years old, and we were all huge fans of like early 2000s uh, Gothenburg, uh, Mellow Death back then, like uh, listening to a ton of In Flames and Dark Tranquility and Darkane, you know, things like that. Um, and then Archaic was a side project that came out of that. Uh, 
that I just wanted to go in a little bit of a different, more straightforward death metal direction. But at the end of the day, kind of the last EP turned out to be Mellow Death too, so I guess I can't get away from that. Yeah, they were formative years, and I think that they were important in setting the foundation for, for where we are today. Uh, it's it's hard to say whether or not I miss them. It's like, it's it kind of apples and oranges. You know, it's, we hung out, we got together, we played music, it was loose, it was fun, it was social. I think Fires is, is much more professional in terms of how we operate as a band because we've been doing this for so long. Um, doesn't make it better or worse necessarily, but... Uh, there's just a little bit more experience and a little bit more respect for the process that I think we have now just you know rather than being teenagers and just getting together and playing heavy music. I have a question for you in particular Igor sure. because uh, apparently you're in charge of doing all the synth work is that correct? Yeah. Okay so um, did you guys ever originally plan to have a live keyboard player or did you always have the electronics in mind? No, I never planned to have a live keyboard player. It was, it was always a backing track situation. Um, I don't know. I've I've never worked with a with a you know uh, someone that plays keys like in a band setting before. And the stuff that I write, I I don't know if I could completely uh, you know explain it to somebody else. So it's a lot easier for me to just program the keys and. And the synths, and especially with this new album, with the help of uh, Randy Slaw, I think um, that all came 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 home quite well. So um, I think we, we we've ne we've always been comfortable with just two guitars, bass, and drums. So, so how long have you guys been touring? Well, we uh, you know we got our feet wet with it last year. We did about 25 different cities, uh, mostly on weekenders, just to kind of work with our day jobs and such. But uh, this is uh, this is like a two-week straight run that we're doing. So, yeah, we've been playing shows together for, geez, decades at this point. But um, you know, you could say that 2022 was our first year where we kind of seriously hit the road and started to hit the map a little bit wider than Connecticut and New England in general. So you guys just released an instrumental version of Air Not Meant For Us. Since I'm a vocalist, I'm going to have to cover either uh, Wisdom of the Falling Leaves or The Crumbling Pillars of a Tranquil Mind. If I did that, would you guys watch it or listen to it? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I heard it. It'd be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's been a while since I've done any kind of vocal cover for like YouTube or anything, but uh, I'll get back in the swing of things. By the way, who is the artist who made the album covers? Uh, we've worked with Kalen Stockermans for several albums. The last Archaic album was the first one that uh, we collaborated on, and he's done all of our art since. And to this day, like all of our t-shirt designs, the cover art, everything. Yep, Kalen, uh, Kalen has been a consistent piece in Fires in the Distance. So he's, as Gore said, cover arts, t-shirt designs. He's the man. How did Prosthetic Records find out about you guys, or did you reach out to them? It was a mixture of both. I mean, they added us on Instagram, and this was like right when the COVID shutdown ha happened. And I remember saying to the guys, like, hey, Prosthetic Records just followed us. Like, we should reach out to them and see what's up. So we did. Uh, we took the initiative and said, hey, and they told us um, that they pre-ordered our, our album. They're like, we can't wait to hear it. And I was like, you guys want to hear it now? <laughs> I'll send you the Dropbox links. And uh, Steve Joe, who was on the other end of the uh, conversation, said, yeah, send it along. I'll take a listen. And the rest is history. That's really cool. Uh, <laughs> How do you feel like whenever uh, a big record label just followed you guys and then uh, told you that they pre-ordered your album? 
I mean, w would it be fair to say there were mixed feelings? I wouldn't say mixed feelings. It's just uh, it's definitely, you know, surprising. Uh, it's 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 good to know that uh, labels like that take the time to, you know, listen to underground bands and, like, give them a chance. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it was, yeah, perhaps... Perhaps mixed feelings wasn't the right words to use, but I mean, it was definitely like kind of take, you know, taken aback. It's like, hey, this is our first record, you know, as an experiment. Um, it really, I felt it kind of gave us a jolt of legitimacy for us to kind of run with this and, and see what happened. Cool, cool. All right, so this is the part of the interview where I start to ask some random fun questions. So if the world's grocery stores ran out of food, would you become a hunter, fisherman, or farmer? Probably a hunter. I mean, there's so much meat everywhere, right? <laughs> 30 people. Uh, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't discriminate in terms of meat, fish, or farm, but uh, I, I do some gardening, grow my own vegetables on the side for fun with my spouse. And I mean, I, I've got the most experience in that, so I guess I'm a farmer. We can make our drummer forage for berries. I'll go <laughs> hunting. <laughs> All right. So, who are you guys' favorite Marvel or DC villains? I, I'm, I'm not big into those universes. Maybe that's Greg. I'm going to go with the Joker. Joker. Uh, but are you more of like maybe Icon or, or is it Icon or Image Comics or Dark Horse Comics? No, not really. Not really a comic yeah. book kind of person? No, not too much. <laughs> he's an anime person. If you, if you need an anime villain, he's probably your guy. Oh, yes. Yeah, well, like old school 80s stuff like Ninja Scroll and Vampire Hunter D, stuff like that. You know, that shit was always cool. Also has a lot of like influence on metal art in general you know so all right so who would you say your favorite anime villain right. is <laughs> so shit um there was a series called basilisk that came out uh, i think in the mid 2000s and it had a really dope dope villain who uh was immortal essentially and unless you cut his head off and it took 24 episodes for him to cut his head off so he was a savage motherfucker <laughs> All right. What is the best kind of jam or jelly to put on a PB and J? <laughs> raspberry. Yeah, I was going to say raspberry or blueberry. Uh, strawberry is a little too sweet. I think grape is is a good third place, but I like the tart berries, especially as my palate gets dull with age. Very interesting answer. So, and finally, what is the best way for fans to support your music? Come out to a show, buy a record, wear a shirt. I mean, it's there's there's different ways to support artists, and they all help. So, um, you know, thank you to our fans that do, and thank you for the people coming out to shows. It's been awesome. Oh yeah, thank you very much for this interview. Yeah, Xander, great to meet you, dude. Good, good to meet you too, and I cannot wait to see you guys kick ass on stage tonight. Thanks, Appreciate Andrew. it. Thanks for being here. <laughs>